side. Light this bit up. Kane's Insight. What's going on? We are back here for another edition of the Kane's Insight podcast presented by Kane's Wear. I'm your host, managing editor of Kane's Insight, Stefan Adams, and you know we have another great show for you guys today. In this episode, talking to Hurricane's new transfer portal additions, all coming in the last week or so here. That is linebacker Caleb Johnson out of UCLA, defensive lineman Daryl Jackson out of Maryland, and defensive lineman Akeem Mesador from West Virginia. That's right, the transfer portal is back here at the U. All three huge additions, going to have huge impacts and implications for the Hurricane. Hurricanes 2022 season. So you know we have to have our guy D-Money on to discuss and break down what these players are going to be bringing to the U once they set foot in Coral Gables. So we got all of that and much more coming right up. But first, you know we have to check in with our guys over at Caneswear, your one-stop shop for Miami Hurricanes apparel and gear. Check out their 20, 40, 60 sale going on in-store and online where you can save 20, 40, or 60% off on select items. Or you can check out the daily deals tab at Caneswear.com where they have tons of great items ranging from hats, jackets, t-shirts, shorts, pants, jerseys, and much more on sale depending on the day. All you have to do is check them out off University Drive in the Arrowhead Shopping Center in Davie or on caneswear.com. Orders online over $99 ship for free. Plus, you can get all your local South Florida sports teams gear at Caneswear as well. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain over at Caneswear, your one-stop shop for Miami Hurricanes apparel and gear. How do you, Caneswear? We're back here on the Canes. Insight podcast talking Miami Hurricanes football as always big news in the land of Miami Hurricanes uh, landing three big time transfer portal guys coach Cristobal transfer portal U is back at the U and uh, we're here to talk it all out with our guy D money uh, three major defensive additions for the Hurricanes this past week and uh, we're really excited to talk it all out so what's going on D enjoying it man you know it's funny our past coaches, whenever they talk about death problems, they'd always had the old cliche. They'd say, well, there's no free agency in college. We can't pick up guys off the waiver wire. We've got to coach up the guys we have. Now, there is free agency. And a guy like Mario having the ability to come in, see the front seven needs work, and bring in five defense alignment, four power five starters, one G5 all-conference player, uh, really revolutionizing what we're doing up front and, and changing our whole look. And what you saw in the spring game with a very thin group walk-ons out there, just not physically looking like Miami should look in the front seven. Uh, it is going to be a lot different in fall and in August camp uh, based on some of the moves that we're going to talk about today. So uh, exciting times and a really unique time in college football history. Yeah, D-Money, we've been hinting at it in past podcast episodes. We knew Coach Cristobal was going to come in this spring evaluate his brand new roster and he would not be afraid to make changes. And that's exactly what we saw. He's bringing in guys he thinks can make plays that are going to fit his system. And he just wants to up that talent level guys that he thinks can get it done at this level and uh, get this, this hurricanes team to the ACC championship. That's the ultimate goal. And uh, eventually that playoff picture, but uh, we'll start with the additions, Daryl Jackson, the Maryland defensive lineman transfer D money. I remember when he was getting recruited by the hurricanes in uh, 20, that 2021 class 
Uh, man, he was uh, he was one of the he was one of my favorite recruits. He would always answer the phone, and that's always nice when you're uh, trying to get interviews and talking to these kids. But uh, uh, I remember him as a he was kind of a tweener back then, about two sixty. weren't sure if he was going to be able to stay at defensive end. Uh, eventually, put on more size, move into the interior. But he's done exactly the latter because uh, he really has put on weight six five three oh five now. Got that huge eighty six inch wingspan. Just a really intriguing player, and uh, we're going to be excited to see what. He brings to you so d money what are your thoughts on that daryl jackson pickup from maryland 305 yes this is probably the last time he weighs that in his life because this guy's just a big bone dude he seems destined to be just get bigger and bigger and bigger 86 inch wind span which you mentioned that's three inches longer than rousseau just for context 11 inch hands and really there's a lot to this commitment first you look at the guys that might have brought in before I made a post about this when we picked up Mesidor. We had a lot of guys that were tweener bodies, kind of that defensive end, defensive tackle tweeners. Your Antonio Moultries, Jake Lichtenstein, uh, Keen Mesidor, who we'll talk about in a second, to go along with your Leonard Taylors, Jared Harrison Hunt. So you didn't have that big nose, that guy that's going to be hard to move and is going to be just a physical presence in the middle of your line. This guy brings that immediately, and he combines it with his length, which makes him unique. You saw some of that this year with Jonathan Ford, who I thought was a pretty underrated player, quite frankly, and someone who's going to have a chance to make an NFL roster. Might surprise you like an Olson Pierre um, or someone along those lines in the pros and hanging around. I, we need to replace that body, and I think this guy does that and more with significant upside. You watch him against Virginia Tech in the pinstripe bowl. He was completely – dominating whoever he lined up against his hands are so big and strong and his arms are so long that when he gets into somebody he drives them straight back with explosive power I mean, he was really doing that to virginia tech manhandling them making plays in the backfield and i remember watching that game and i'm thinking is this competition really good or is he or is he that good then i realized that competition is the competition miami plays is virginia tech so if he looks that physically superior against them uh, we're in good shape with this pickup Again, the length being unique with that with that kind of size. And another thing that made it somewhat different and that really made me uneasy is he's a country kid. And Miami typically does not do as well with country players, players from the rural areas of the South and of the country. They just It's not a cultural fit in Miami. We love to have them because they're great football players, but they don't necessarily want to come down here. So that was a huge pickup to get a guy from Havana, Florida. Havana, Florida, a lot different than Little Havana. For people who you know have a knowledge of Florida, Havana, Florida, uh, there aren't a lot of people um, with my last name running around that Havana. Uh, that's very much country, Gadsden County. Uh, so to get a guy like that who Florida wanted, who Florida State wanted, uh, a huge coup. And then this defensive tackle body, that true defensive tackle body, that is the most prized commodity in college football. That's what separates the Georgias and the Alabamas, and at one time the Clemsons from the rest of the country. You got to get those war daddies, and Miami is able to do that uh, with Jackson. So this was just a huge pickup because of need, because of what had to be done. Shout out to you know Ruiz and Life Wallet and some folks working behind the scenes to make uh, this happen. Uh, certainly they had a role, and then Chris Amal just being relentless. Dennis Smith also from the football office doing great work there. Uh, it's just a team pickup and something that I know Miami is happy about, and they feel even better about after seeing this guy in person and just seeing his physical dimensions. Absolutely. And then, you know, staying on the defensive line, um, you know, in addition to Daryl Jackson, you pick up a guy like Akeem Mesador and, uh, you know, 6'3", 250. 
And we talked about him on that last podcast as a potential name to watch out for. Hurricanes eventually landed him uh, late last week. You know, the big thing about what we were talking about, I remember talking about uh, Mesador. You know, this is a guy that a lot of West Virginia people felt was their best player on defense, possibly the team. And so uh, to, to get that type of impact player to come to Miami and just hop right in to the team, it just kind of just completely transformed. Just all these guys, you know, really do that. Um, but this is one of the players I'm most intrigued about, honestly. D-Money, what are your kind of your thoughts on uh, what Mesador is going to add when he comes down to Coral Gables? I've heard the same thing. I actually have a couple friends who are West Virginia fans, and they both said he's the best player on our team. You watch him against Oklahoma, which is, as we know, a very good offensive line, always laden with NFL players. In that case, Marquise Hayes, a guard who's going to get drafted here this weekend with the NFL draft. And he was, I mean, I don't want to say dominant, but he was – you know, pretty darn disruptive and, and, and look like at times the best player on that field. Uh, and that's as a true sophomore. So this is a guy who I think has a chance to be the best player in our defense immediately. Uh, and, and one thing with him and Jackson that we don't talk about that much is these guys are going to be young players with multiple years of eligibility. They're not like Lichtenstein, who's a very old player, Moultrie, which that's important too, because you want to have age, but these guys are young players that still have some upside and meat on the bone. I mean, this guy came in freshman all America in 2020, the COVID year. And then last year, you know, had a very good year shifting more to a nose tackle role after starting off as a defensive end, probably in his truest form is, is a three technique, but has that versatility where he can line up anywhere on your line. Um, you know, this is, a, this is a kid from Canada. So very raw, another kid who's developing like Daryl Jackson. Again, the upside is there. Even though he's a different type of player, different type of body uh, breaking him down specifically. You know, it's about six two two seventy. So do you bulk him up to make him that, that three technique, that 290, 295, three technique, you keep him lean as that end. Those are the decisions Miami's going to have to make. You kind of just have to see how he grows and how his body goes. But this is a guy who was a linebacker at times in high school. And if you watch him play, you see that linebacker instinct. You know, some defensive linemen are bulls in China shops. They're going upfield or they're brawling with the guy in front of them, and that's what they're doing. This guy's aware of the ball. If he's penetrating, if he's slanting, if he's getting into the backfield, he's still looking for the ball carrier. If you're running a screen, he'll sniff it out and he'll make that play. He's chasing plays down from behind. He's a great tackler. Um, unbelievable effort. Great motor. Great condition. And you see him in the fourth quarter playing just as hard as he did in the first. Uh, just a really, really good player between the ears on top of his talent. So that's something we needed. Just a, an instant impact. Just a stud. A guy that can play. That's This defense did not – if you had this defense had talented guys. There's a couple five-star recruits. You know, some physical talents. But there's no one on the defense, as you would say, this guy is a proven stud player who produces at the college football level, power five level. This guy is that, and he's coming in ready-made with some more upside. So I think that's what he brings is just uh, just a baller. He's not the most physically impressive guy you've ever seen at 6'2", 270. He's not going to run a 4'5", but he is very coordinated. He's very uh, flexible. He's got balance. He has a lot of functional skills that allow him to be a productive pass rusher. He can string moves together. Um, you know, he's very rarely on the ground. He's just uh, he's a good athlete and he's someone who translates that to functional football skill. Um, I think at 30 something hurries last year, more hurries than Gerald Willis ever had in Miami, just to give you an idea of his production. And that was when he was out of position at nose tackle on a small West Virginia front. So I think if you put him at three technique with some strong side end thrown in, that's probably the best role for him. Um, ideally, maybe 
playing end on first and second down and sliding it on the, on the, on the passing downs. And that might be the best look for him. And that'll allow us to be a bigger team on rundowns and then to have the athleticism and the pass rush on the, you know, on the passing situations. So that to me is a monster, monster pickup for Miami. Um, it's just, it's, it's exactly what this front needed. There's talent. And, you know, you can, now you had Daryl Jackson with that body type. You have Leonard Taylor with all his ability, but what you really, really needed was somebody who you can count on and say, this guy's going to show up and play four quarters of high quality disruptive football. That's what Mesador gives you. And for me, just adding, adding a Mesador, adding Jackson, adding uh, Gude, who we talked about in the past podcast, um, just three guys post spring, like impact talent, guys that have already produced, guys that still have a ceiling, guys that still have room for growth at this level. Um, that's just huge. And um, it, it really speaks volumes of what uh, Coach Cristobal is trying to do here. He's going to go after the best of the best. And uh, whoever is available, uh, Miami's going to be involved with them, and uh, they're gonna, they're going to have their say. So uh, that is the defensive line from some of these new additions here, D Money. But staying within this front seven, um, the Canes kind of wrapped up this uh, barrage, this threesome of uh, players with uh, Caleb Johnson at linebacker, the UCLA transfer. Had an offer from uh, Texas as well. They were really trying to recruit him. What really interests me a lot about uh, Caleb Johnson, again, six foot 235 at linebacker. This is a guy Coach Cristobal was looking hard at at Oregon, coming out of that junior college ranks before he signed with UCLA. Coach Cristobal was recruiting him to Oregon. And um, when he got on campus at UCLA, he actually had his best game of, of the season against coach Cristobal and the Oregon Ducks according to pro football focus coverage wise tackling wise and so that really intrigues me this coaching staff has had that up close view of him and I obviously love what they've seen and uh, they really believe that he is a great fit for what the Hurricanes are trying to do on defense going into 2022. Caleb Johnson I would put his talent level below the last two guys as far as his overall upside and ability but in terms of the importance of the pickup He's right there just because of the need at the position linebacker. You know, we talked about it going back two years to, to Shaq and Pickney, uh, that this was a need spot uh, when those guys left, had not been able to fill that void. Now you bring in someone like Caleb Johnson, who was second team all pack 12 in the COVID year, has production under his belt, six foot, 230 plus pounds, uh, going to give you a little more size and, and, and just sturdiness than you've had at that position with someone like a Corey Flagg. Uh, and then still someone who can run and play coverage and uh, some good pass rushing ability as well. You know, one thing that we missed, I think sneakily missed with Shaq and Pickney was they got a lot of sacks and a lot of pressures blitzing, just coming through that a gap time in it. You look at their sack numbers with Shaq and Pickney and they were pretty prolific in that aspect of the game, even though you wouldn't consider them true pass rushers. Uh, Caleb Johnson gives you some of that. He has very good timing on blitzes. I believe he had five and a half a year he made all league, even though he was very much an off the ball linebacker. So he brings that element back. Uh, the coverage, you know, you don't look at him and see a tremendously fluid guy, but he's very efficient in his footwork, knows what he's doing, uh, solid in that area. And then the tackling. Crystal Ball, if you listen to him, he said, I want knockback tacklers. We don't have enough knockback tacklers. We have guys that wrap, you know, that might wrap and, and, and drag you down, but we don't have guys that are exploding, rolling their hips through you and knocking you back. That's what Caleb Johnson brings. He has some knockback ability. Watch his highlight reel. You'll see some of those type of plays. Um, so this is an improvement. I wouldn't say it's like a Shaq or a Pickney type caliber of player, but it's also an improvement from what we've had the last couple of years. So, uh, a very positive move for Miami. It's going to give you some coverage, some tackling, 
he's not a, a you know four four kind of speed guy, but he can run a little bit. I heard he timed about four six, which is excellent. Uh, you see some of that sideline to sideline on his film, uh, but again, tackling, blitzing, experience, and is an older player. Went to JUCO uh, after California, and then went to UCLA for a few years. So he's been around the block. He's he's not a rookie. He's physically mature, mentally mature, and somebody who I think is going to make a major impact just because he fills such an important need. Absolutely. And uh, that pretty much wraps up these new additions that the Canes have added. Uh, Canes uh, have been known for the portal in recent years and uh, under Manny, Coach Manny Diaz, and apparently it's going to be no different under Coach Mario Cristobal, um, adding all this talent and uh, looking ready to go for this 2022 season. It's going to be an exciting run um, as uh, we get closer to uh, fall camp over this next uh, few months. But uh, D-Money, before we wrap up here, uh, let's talk a little future. So, you know, looking forward, looking ahead, are there any more transfer portal additions on the horizon? Uh, do you see um, the Hurricanes making any more possible additions, or uh, you think they stand pat as things are now? It's somewhat tricky to say because you don't know who's going to enter the portal and the coaches certainly don't know. They can't contact the kids that are not in the portal. But let me say this. I am, based on what I know, I am cautiously optimistic that Miami will land a impact wide receiver in the portal. I don't know if, if that's going to enter the portal, but I do know this. If an impact receiver enters the portal before the May 1st deadline, Miami will be all over them. And I know Miami, with what they're doing with Life Wallet and with the quarterback that they have, will probably have a better pitch than just about anybody to any impact wide receiver that enters the portal. So if, I, if I'm watching the portal, if I'm watching Canes fan, before May 1st, keep an eye on those receivers because if the right receiver enters the portal, Miami is going to make an extremely aggressive move. They know they need help there. Listen to the interview with Mario Cristobal and Joe Rose after the spring game. Uh, Joe Rose was trying to put over some of our current receivers and, and, and tell Mario we don't need a transfer. And Mario responded, said, that, you know, we need competition. He said he was unhappy with what happened in the spring game. So, you know, based on the things I'm hearing, I would expect Miami to be extremely aggressive on any big-time impact wide receiver that enters the portal. So watch what happens until May 1st. And, uh, and that's to me where the next move is. They're not going to take somebody just to take him. You know, they would want somebody who's an impact player who's going to do something like you saw with Charleston Rambo this year where he came in and, and set records. That's what you want with these portal wide receivers. A KJ Osborne who's now an NFL player, a good NFL player. Uh, that's the kind of thing you want, uh, with the portal. I think Frank Ladson seen him spring. Uh, you want a, a higher level than what you saw from him in the portal. So keep your eyes peeled. Uh, the next few days. And uh, I think that's where the excitement might be. Absolutely. I, I don't think we were very impressed from what we saw with the wide receivers, defensive line, linebackers. You've seen Miami post-spring be aggressive on that defensive line in the portal, be aggressive at linebacker. So we would definitely not be surprised to see Miami going after um, any of these possible wide receivers that are in the portal. Pretty much wraps up this edition of the Canes Inside Podcast. So, uh, D-Money, really appreciate you taking the time. Hey, this is fun. This, uh, the, the signing day is getting extended, you know, a few months now with this portal. So, it never, does, it never stops. It'll go right up to the season, and then we'll, uh, we'll have some more stuff to talk about. So, the offseason is getting shorter and shorter. I love it.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, NFL drafts coming up. Portal news is still high. Of course, the 2023 class is going to keep growing as we go through these summer months. So uh, plenty of things to do, plenty of news to come out. And uh, you guys know what you have to do. Stay locked into canesinsight.com for all the latest team news, recruiting news. And of course, the message board is always popping. For my guy, Dean Money, I'm Stefan, and we out. <laughs>